Welcome to the Getting Mindful with Megan podcast. It's here that we will deep dive into the many different aspects of the mind, body, and spirit, all with the intention that you walk away with steps and a resolve to live better. You ready? Let's get mindful. Hey guys, welcome to the Getting Mindful with Megan podcast. Thanks for being here. I'm super excited about today's episode. I say that every week, but it's because I actually really am. I'm always excited to talk to you guys. I haven't been in a great habit of recording. And so one of my main goals right now is to just get into the habit of recording a podcast every week so that you have a new episode every week. It hasn't been going great, but moving forward, it's my plan and that's where I'm going. So I am thankful that you guys stick around and that you're patient with me as I get these podcast episodes out. Today, this episode is going to be a little bit different. Some of you guys know I'm a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Through my church, I was asked to speak in stake conference, which just means I was asked to speak to a group, an area where I live, to the people in that area. And after I finished giving the talk, I had quite a few people come up to me and be like, hey, can you give me a transcript of the speech you gave? And I was like, oh, I would, but like, it's a mess. Like, I don't write out my talks word for word. They're just like a big scrambled mess on a piece of paper. And it works for my brain. <laughs> I understand where I was going, but like, they wouldn't understand where I was going if I gave it to them. So I told them, hey, I will record a podcast. I will re-record my talk. So then you can listen to it again if you need the reminder of what I spoke about. So that's what today's going to be. I'm going to give the talk that I gave in state conference. This is definitely going to be spirit focused. And so I'm excited and I hope you stick around. I am excited to do this via podcast. And so if you were there and you're re-listening to this, I want you to know I'm going to add to this. I feel like I can get more personal here. I feel like I can go more in depth. I have more time. So if you're like, wait, you didn't say that in the talk. It's because I'm adding and I'm going to be putting more commentary in for the podcast. So you're going to get like a little bit of a deeper view of what I've been thinking about and pondering when it comes to this topic. All right, let's get started. So this topic that I was asked to speak on is Matthew is in, in the Bible, New Testament, Matthew 11, 28 through 30. Those scriptures read, come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I shall give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me. For I am meek and lowly in heart, and ye shall find rest unto your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. So I was preparing for my talk. I went out to my trampoline, which is like my sacred meditation space. (laughs) It's my trampoline. I know that's weird. But that's where I like to meditate. And I lay down on the tramp and I just decided to like focus my mind just on these scriptures. In Joshua 1.8, it says to meditate on the word of God. And then like the, the windows of heaven pretty much will be open to you. So I laid on the tramp and I focused my mind. I went full meditation vibe. I turned off all the other thoughts and I'm just like, okay, what does this this mean to come unto me? This idea of like coming unto Jesus, right? What does it mean to take his yoke upon me? And as I laid there, I had imagery come to my mind. And what I saw was the imagery that came to my mind was Christ standing on one side and a human spirit on the other. And the human spirit starts walking towards Christ until eventually, he doesn't stop right at him, but until eventually their spirits collide and they become one. I was thinking after I had this imagery come to my mind of like these two spirits and energies becoming one, I was thinking how to come unto Christ and to take his yoke upon us, it really means not just to come to him, but to come unto him, to become one with him. 
To me, it is to think, to feel, and to act like he would. To take his yoke upon us, to me, requires us to take his mind upon us, to take his feelings upon us, to be like he is. He doesn't say, hey, come to me, bring all your stuff, keep your yoke. You keep your yoke and you complain about it to me and tell me all the bad things about your yoke. And then I'll make it easy. That's not what he says. He says, take my yoke upon you. Okay, take my thoughts upon you. Take my feelings upon you. Take my actions upon you. Elder Bruce R. McConkie said, to know God is to think what he thinks, to feel what he feels and to have the power that he possesses, to comprehend the truths he understands and to do what he does. Those who know God become like him and have his kind of life, which is eternal. And I just think about like, what is God's type of life? Like power, like God has so much power to create miracles. So like to me, the idea is like to think what he thinks, to feel what he feels is to have the power that he possesses and to comprehend the truths that he understands. I want that. Like I want that type of power. I want to be able to feel joy anytime I want the way I believe that God can. I want to be abundant the way that God is. I want to be knowledgeable and understanding the way that I believe that God is. I think that our world, though, does things a little bit opposite, right? Like the world is like, you think what you think, and then we'll try to like fix it from the outside. It's Ezra Taft Benson. I love this this quote. He says, the Lord works from the inside out. The world works from the outside in. So the world would take people out of the slums, but Christ takes the slums out of people and they take themselves out of the slums. The world would mold men by changing their environment, but Christ can change human nature. So to me, what he's saying is like, come unto Christ, but you're going to have to be willing and humble to change your thoughts, to change your feelings, to change your actions, to be one with Christ. And then your circumstances will change. All this hard stuff, it gets easier. And I have experienced that in my own life. The more I change my thoughts and yoke them with Christ, the more my circumstances become lighter and easier. So we have it backwards. Like the world's like, we need to change our circumstances so that we can feel lighter and easier. But I think what Christ is teaching and Ezra Taft Benson is teaching is that we can change our thoughts and our feelings and then our circumstances become easier right? Does that make sense? Okay, good. So so I want to give you guys some examples from my own life where I've seen this. I've felt this and maybe it'll give you some ideas of how you could apply because like it's really ethereal to be like, just think what Christ thinks. Just do what he does. What would WWJD? It's like, yeah, but like our circumstances are complex and our brains get foggy, especially when we have a lot of emotion involved. So we have to figure out how to like actually like change our thoughts. What does that even look like? What would Christ think? What would he do? What would he feel in this circumstance? And it's kind of confusing sometimes if we don't have ideas, but also the spirit to help us. So today, you guys, I want you to have open up to the spirit to be able to like help you figure out for you what it would mean to take Christ's mind upon you. So here we go. So I've been finishing editing a book that I'm writing for a company. And I've never wrote a book and I'm, I wouldn't call myself a writer. I think I can speak, but writing is just a whole different ballgame. And so it has been kind of brutal writing this book. I have felt like my brain muscles were tapped out. The words just haven't been flowing the way that they did in the beginning. When I first started writing it, it was just flowing. I started to get tiring. I was just exhausted a little bit with it. 
And I was really ready to be done. I kept resisting writing. It was funny. I'd like go to go write it. And then I'd be like, and I'd find anything else to do. And I'd kind of trick my brain to be like, well, it's productive. Like I'd go clean or like take care of my kids. But I I had planned to do it then. It's just funny. I was trying to get out of it a lot. So one evening, my sister-in-law, Amanda, and I were talking. She's co-authoring it with me. And we were like, expressing our like exhaustion with it and we were just saying like oh I want to be finished with this project you know and I can't wait till it's over and I mean like we were just expressing how we were feeling and all of a sudden when those words were coming out of my mouth I had this moment where I felt like I was a little bit chastised not in a bad way but in a way of like that I really needed I I saw that image from the tramp come to my mind the words came to my mind like The work you're doing, Megan, is a privilege. Jesus would never see this as a burden. (laughs) He would see that this is a gift to be able to help people who are struggling with their minds and their bodies and their spirits, right? Like this is not a burden. This is a privilege. So you can feel grateful, but like feeling like this sucks, like that maybe you're off a little bit there. I don't think Jesus would think that. He wouldn't feel overdone and overwhelmed. He'd feel grateful. And I I realized that in the moment. And then second thought that came to my mind was like, you're not utilizing my power because you're not beholding the eye of faith. You're thinking thoughts that Christ would never think. Like I would never think these things such as like, nothing's coming to me. Like my brain is so tapped out. Like, can you guys imagine Christ saying that? My brain is so tapped out. I'm so done with this. Like, I just don't think he would think that. I think he would not doubt his abilities. I think he wouldn't doubt the power of God that to be able to come and assist him and help him as he's doing his work, right? I think he would know his limits and he would allow himself to rest and he'd be very graceful with himself in the process. And so for me, this was kind of a big deal. Like I was, so I, I stop and I, I say, I'm changing my thoughts. And my sister-in-law's like, you're right. Like, let's, let's change our thoughts about this. And then it was so crazy because within like 30 minutes of us writing, I probably wrote more or like even better writing as well than I did in two weeks. 30 minutes of writing and I felt like I was able to access that power that God has. And it was through changing my mind to align with his. It's like when you think of flow, right? If we're resisting this other part of us, like I believe that God is part of us. And so like if we're resisting this part of us all the time, it's going to cause tension and it's going to cause backed up energy. Whereas if I'm in a flow with Christ's thoughts, like it, it keeps things moving. It progresses us in a way that's really beautiful. So President Nelson said, as you strive to live the higher laws of Jesus Christ, our hearts and our very natures begin to change. The Savior lifts us above the pool of this fallen world by blessing us with greater charity, humility, generosity, kindness, self-discipline, peace, and you heard it, rest. <laughs> He says he blesses us with rest when we strive to live the higher laws of Jesus Christ. And in his talk where he talks about this, this isn't in my original talk, but he says, I know this seems harder. (laughs) I'm asking you to do things that are harder, but I promise it's like an investment. If you are willing to yoke yourself with Christ, if you're willing to take his thoughts upon you, his mind, then your burdens will become so much easier and so much lighter to carry. And I've seen this. I saw it with my book. I'm going to tell you even more ways I've seen it. But what this does is this requires us to do the uncomfortable work of looking at our faith. I think if I asked a lot of you right now, do you have faith in the doctrine of Christ? Like if you're a Christian, most of you would be like, yes, of course I do. 
And me too, I would say that too. But sometimes when situations get heavier, I'm shown that they have actual weakness in my my faith, that there's areas of weakness. Like recently, we were audited by the IRS. You guys, this story, it's fine. So we got audited by the IRS and my husband's pretty meticulous. Like people who know him, he's meticulous with stuff. And so he had really good documentation of everything. I don't know why we got flagged. I guess there's a bunch more IRS agents these days, but I we got flagged by the IRS and I'm going to go into more depth in with you guys. I didn't go into as much depth in my actual talk, but I had had a fear. <laughs> I'm just going to be straight up with you. I had had a fear. We had so much savings and I had this fear of losing it. And I, I can see it very clearly now. Like I was scared about losing it. To me, that was my security. And I think that for us, like Christ was asking us and God was asking us to to look like, who who do you put your security in? Is it your money or is it me? You know? And I find it interesting that we get audited by the IRS and the amount that we were going to have to pay was literally the rest of our savings. And I thought about Job in the Bible because, you know, Job is perfect man. He's really righteous. He's great. But then he has all this terrible stuff happen to him. And when I was studying Job, I kind of was had a hard time with it because I'm like, this doesn't really make sense to me because I kind of believe, I understand there's contraries here, but it didn't make sense to me because like in Alma, it's like the law of harvest, what you plant is what you grow. So I'm like, why is Job growing? Like, why is his life showing up with all these terrible things? But then he's planting really great plants, you know? So I was kind of confused with the law of harvest versus the story of Job. And one day while I was studying I had been studying Job for like eight months, no joke, just really trying to understand it. And I was studying Job. And in Job 3, I'm going to butcher this because I didn't write this out. But he says, the thing which I did fear hath finally come upon me. And I was like, oh, there it is. There it is. He feared. He had fear. And the thing he feared grew. And that's because I believe in like the law of harvest. I believe in this law of attraction where what you put your energy towards, what you give your attention to is what grows. So he had a fear of losing what he had or it not being there. And that's what created like the downfall for him. And then at the end of those scriptures, which I love so much, Job's like, God is like, okay, now you know, right? Like now you've seen that you're going to be fine. Your happiness isn't dependent on all these outside circumstances. Your happiness is dependent on our oneness. Now, you know, go on and here you can have double, right? He ends up getting double. And I was like, oh my gosh, mind blown. So I saw that in myself with this IRS situation. I'm like, okay, I feared losing it. So now like the thing which I did fear of had finally come upon me, just like Job. And I was really stressed, right? Because I'm like, oh my gosh, like this is our security. I also realized like for me, what it was, was that I had thoughts of like having this makes me a wise good steward over money. So it was like a really big blow to my ego if we didn't have it. And I realize that now. I really realize that now. So we go through the, we start going through the IRS process, like this auditing process. And I had to think to myself, like, do I believe in the doctrine of Christ? What would Christ say in this situation? Also, you guys, there was a lot of things I felt like weren't really quite that fair or like undeserved going on when it comes to this. Cause I was like, we've kept good record of things. We've done what they've told us to do. But then the thought came to my mind when I thought about this was like, render unto Caesar what Caesar's. Like, it's just money. It doesn't mean anything about you, Megan. This was like the thoughts that I had to tell myself. Like, not having it doesn't make you unwise. 
not having a big old savings doesn't make you um like less than or something like that right like i had to be like render unto caesar what caesar's money is literally neutral having that much money is a thought and it's a thought you've held on to and you've grasped onto too hard so you've got to let go of it right so render unto caesar what caesar's so i told my husband i'm like okay we're just going to give it all up like just who cares? It's just money. Give it to the IRS. Don't try to find loopholes. Don't try to be dishonest in any way. I want you to be so honest. I want you to be so nice. And I want you to just give the money away. And then I also had to ask myself, like, do I believe Jesus when he instructed me in the Sermon on the Mount to, quote unquote, wherefore, if God so clothed the grass of the field, which is today and tomorrow is cast in the oven, shall he not much more clothe you, O ye of little faith? <laughs> Therefore, take no thought, saying, what shall we eat or what shall we drink or wherewithal shall we be clothed? He's like saying, stop putting your security in earthly things. That's not where your real security is, right? For after these things do the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly father knoweth that you have need of these things. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all things shall be added unto you. Take therefore no thought for the morrow and the morrow shall take thought for the things of itself. I love that set of scriptures. And I felt like it was put to the test for me. It was like, do you actually believe the doctrine of Christ? Do you have actually faith in it? Do you believe that? Do you believe that if you give none of your energy or attention to your earthly security, but you give your energy and attention to following Christ's doctrine and believing the thoughts that Christ teaches you, do you really believe that that those things will be given to you? Do you really trust me? That's what I feel like Christ is asking, like trust the situation, right? And so I just, I had to believe in it. I told myself like, I'm going to believe in this. And Maybe you're like, how do I know if I'm actually believing in it? And for me, it was, I'll tell you part of the story is like halfway through the whole process, we didn't know how much we were going to have to pay at first. But then later on into the process, we get a letter in the mail. It was right after church. We went and picked it up and I opened it and it said the amount and it was literally like our full amount of savings. <laughs> and I was like, oh, like gut punch a little bit. Like, no, it's really happening. Like, I'm going to have to let this go, you know? And I had an emotional reaction and I realized, okay, I don't believe it all the way yet. Like I'm not fully trusting because I had a really big emotional reaction to it. And so I told myself in that moment, like I am not going to let money re make me react. I'm not going to let money be this big emotional experience. Like it is money. It is not anything worth anything. It's just stupid money, right? And I trust God, like we'll be taking care of whatever we need, we'll find. And I know that I can be content having very little. I've had very little. And honestly, I was even more content at those times in my life often than when I've had more. So I had to, I had to train my brain. I had to say, Hey, Megan, this doesn't matter. We're not going to give our emotional energy to this. I also saw that like the truth is, is that we create, we're always creating. So I could see how in the past, our fear about not having enough money was creating the circumstances we were in now. So I didn't want to keep creating that. So I just had to believe like there'll always be enough. God always takes care of us. We don't need to be stingy. We don't need to be tight or finding loopholes. Like if we really believed there was always enough, like then we would just give it away. We'd be like, here, take it. Render unto Caesar what Caesar's. Give Caesar all he needs. I don't really care. I have plenty. If I really had an abundant mindset, that's what I would be thinking. And so I wouldn't be sitting here wasting my energy and my emotions on this thing if I already had it, right? So I had to be aware of that. So go on with the story, right? And we go through the whole auditing process. Colton's very just chill with the guy and is just like, you know what? I just want to pay whatever I need to pay. In the end, you guys, like this is the thing. Faith 
precedes miracles. Everyone I talked to was like, good luck with the IRS. <laughs> like you're, they just will, they, they don't care, you know, like you're going to just probably end up having to pay the money, even if it's not right. And in the end, we didn't have to use any of our savings. We had to pay a little bit, but our tax return from the year this year, like it just worked out that we didn't end up having to use any of our money. And I truly felt like it was a miracle, like in that God was showing me that like, if you have faith, like miracles come. And so I, I love that story for me because like it was huge on teaching me like take Christ's mind upon you. My normal thoughts, my natural man wanted to flip out you guys like I was like we're not gonna have enough money like what about my ego like all my natural man was just going crazy but I had to lay it down and I had to be willing to say you know what there's a better way to see this and this is the crazy thing you guys even I was completely prepared to give all the money away and I genuinely by the end didn't care and I wasn't stressed <laughs> I really wasn't very stressed it, it didn't take up my peace it didn't steal my peace from me at all And whether we had to give it away or not in the end, it didn't really matter because for the last like three months, I was able to feel peace when most likely in my past, I wouldn't have. I would have been in turmoil. And so I can see how taking his thoughts upon me gave me rest, gave me peace, lightened my burden, and then in the end also gave me a miracle. Okay, what about, let's let's do another one. What about when I see someone doing something I consider quote unquote wrong? I think of Christ's words, right? What would Christ think when somebody's doing something wrong? He says, judge not that ye be not judged. For with what judgment ye judge, you shall be judged. And with what measure ye meet, ye shall be measured to you again. And why beholdest thou the mote that is in thy brother's eyes, but considereth not the beam that's in thy own eye? So when I see somebody doing something wrong or I have shoulds for somebody else, I have to remind myself, like, do I have faith in the doctrine of Christ? Do I believe that the judgment that I judge others with is what I will be judged with? That the law of attraction is real, like like energies attracts. If you're a judger, you'll be judged. Do I believe that enough to act on it? Faith without works is dead. Do I believe what Christ said enough to actually stop judging people? This is one I always have to work on because I sometimes overanalyze. And this is definitely somewhere I have to work. Do I really believe this doctrine? Do I believe that if I don't judge, that I will be judged less. I think I believe it, but I need to work on it. And it requires consciousness. And Christ, you guys know, obviously knew we had to work. We're going to have to work on it. That's why atonement, right? So thank you for that. So another one is, blessed are ye when men shall revile you and persecute you and shall say manner of evil against you falsely for my sake. Rejoice, be exceedingly glad, for great is your reward in heaven. So do I really believe that? Do you guys really believe that? Do you actually believe that it's okay for people to judge us? Or is it okay if somebody offends us to just not give energy to it and just to say, you know what, they're going through something hard. I'd rather see it like that. That will lighten your burden so, so much. By the way, you guys, judgment's 360. So if somebody offends you and you're mad at them, it's gonna come back to you. That's the message that I really wanna give today is like, it's the law of harvest is real. It's going to come back to you. Judgments 360, the same judgment you judge other people with, you will also judge yourself with because your brain runs off habits and patterns and familiarity. If it's used to judging, it will be used to judging you. What about, let's do another one. What about when we feel like we need to share something or we have something that we want to say 
and we have a major fear about others will th- how others will think about us or how they'll perceive you. Like, what about when you're worried about what other people think? Do you trust God when he told Moroni, it mattereth not what they say unto you, whether they have grace towards you for fool's mock, right? Like God says this to Moroni, fool's mock. Don't worry about it. It mattereth not. Give no energy to it. Or do you let the opinions of man be your God? These are things that I always have to work on. It's tricky, but it's good. So in my mind, I think when Jesus says, learn of me, I'm meek and lowly of heart. He's like, hey, if you read my words, if you examine your life, you're going to see that we do things differently, real different. With me, it's a whole different story. I'm going to ask you to be really humble. I'm going to ask you to be meek and lowly of heart enough that you're willing to say, how am I seeing this wrong? How am I seeing this in a way that isn't aligned with Christ right now? And it's making me miserable and making this burden feel really heavy. And Christ is like, I'm going to ask you to descend below all of this so that I can lift you up above it all. You're going to find, I think Christ would say something like this is totally me iterating, you know, here, but you're going to find that I don't count money and I don't count time the same way you do. I don't value earthly things the way you do. I give my all and my energy to submitting myself to the Father's will. I'm meek. I'm long-suffering. I'm patient. I'm kind. I'm charitable. I'm a peacemaker. I think that our world gets this confused. They're like, I need to be confident and bold. And yes, like those things are great too in, the, in their own way. But if we're to follow Christ, we're going to see that He's long-suffering. He's patient. These are the kind of characteristics that kind of suck to develop, but the more that you open up to him, the better your life gets. So again, I want to ask you, do you have faith in the doctrine of Christ? That is the question today. When you have heavy burdens laid on your back, do you act in faith? Do you take his yoke upon you? What I have found is that after the trial of my faith, that is when I see the miracle. As I have worked hard to stop judging my relationships have grown so much when i look and say lord is it i i can see how i can change but also i can allow time and energy for other people to change i have been able to see my life just grow in every way the more that i take his yoke upon me i have so much work to do but it's possible to to lighten those burdens when you're willing to change your mind, your heart, and your actions. Also, I want to explain to you, though, that the dual-naturedness of men is real. This is something that I believe. I believe we are dual-natured. And I know this is, like, so debated everywhere. But, like, you know, some Christians believe, like, we just come here and we're fallen and we're terrible. Some people believe that we come here and we're just, like, inherently whole and, like, we, we can do no wrong. I believe that we have both parts of us. We have a spirit that is always connected to God that is the truth of who we are. It is the wholeness of us. And then we have this natural man, this ego, this part of us that wants immediate gratification and earthly pleasures and is fearful and is attached to itself and wants to keep itself safe, right? And so President Nelson said to find rest, we have to put off the natural man and yoke ourselves to Christ to become one by living the ways he did, by seeing what he saw and feeling what he felt. Does this happen overnight? Obviously not, you guys. But small changes every day have the power to change your life. It can make heavy trials and burdens of your life feel light. So to me, my thought is that whatever you're going through right now, you can find relief. It will require a change of perspective, a change of heart, and a change of actions. So how do I do that? That's the question. What what do I do? How do I actually 
change that because sometimes I think it's really like, okay, the steps of repentance are one, like, okay, no, but like, how do I actually do it? For me, this is what it looks like. Take it or leave it. I first recognize, okay, I'm off here, right? I, I see that something's out of balance or out of alignment. And I notice it usually by how I feel. My really negative emotions, I think, come to me as sweet little messengers to tell me, hey, girlfriend, you're off a little bit because men are that they might have joy. And right now you're in a really like off place. And so you're feeling anxiety. You're feeling a lot of fear. You might have some funky thoughts going on because Christ wasn't like the, the anxiety guy. You know, he was the peace and the calm guy. So I first notice by emotions that I'm off. Second, I recognize that I'm off enough that I want to change it. That's humility, right? I let myself be humble. So I'm like, okay, I'm off. I'm willing to see this differently. Then typically for me, I pray or I talk to a coach, but for the purpose of spirituality, like I pray when I want to really change my heart to Christ. But sometimes a coach is helpful (laughs) into helping me find how to do that and to give me new thoughts and things like that. But I usually go to Christ and I say, okay, show me how I'm off. Like, tell me what I'm, I I know I'm not seeing this from your perspective. So can you help me see it from your perspective? And I believe the doctrine of Christ that says that ask and you shall receive, knock and it shall be open unto you, seek and you shall find. And so whenever I ask that, I then follow what President Nelson advised and I sit in silence. And then I write down anything that comes to my mind after that. It's my testimony that when I come to Christ in humility, not with the thoughts of like so much change my circumstances, but change my heart. He always provides. (laughs) He always opens. He always lets me find the thoughts that I need to find. And he tells me what I can do to change. And he gives me hope and he gives me options. You guys, this is the biggest thing is that when I do this practice, he gives me options, things that I never saw before, spiritual solutions to problems that I didn't even see were possible. And more than that, he just gives me rest. And the antidote to all of this is that sometimes he changes my circumstances because he's so good. Like with the IRS stuff, like he changed my circumstance. He didn't make me, which is nice. But like I would have been fine either way. And I know that because I have him. So one area that I think the world kind of messes this up is they say, you want to find rest? You need to like self-care it up like or like, you know, Go and just take care of yourself, which I'm all about. You guys, like our last podcast episode was literally about taking care of yourself. It's nourishing yourself. But to me, self-care and taking care of yourself looks like discipline. It looks like training that animal within. Letting off the natural man is how you're going to find rest. If you want to feel relieved of the stress, you want to give your nervous system a break, you're going to have to train it. It's just like if I want my my muscles to be able to like handle Things I'm going to have to work out and then they're going to be able to be so restful as well because they're strong. It's not that they're always having to work and my body is going to be able to do that same thing. So so I want to ad- advise you or like give you the thought or idea or challenge you, whatever you want to call it, that maybe try something different. If you have felt terrible for years, if you are somebody who has anxiety or depression or you sh- you've, you're carrying a heavy burden. If it's not working what you're doing, if like you and your husband fight a lot, or if you feel like you have a hard time with friends, or if you have health issues, or how you're thinking about it now isn't lifting the burden, maybe try on these thoughts. Maybe go read the Sermon on the Mount, you guys. That thing is full of wisdom. So much wisdom. Every time I read it, I'm just like, dude, 
he knew what he was talking about. <laughs> he definitely knew. He definitely knew. So try something different. Be willing to open up and, and do things differently. And I think you're going to see huge, huge, huge changes in your life. All right, you guys. Thanks for letting me share my thoughts with you about taking the mind of Christ upon us and, and having faith in his doctrine instead of our own ways of doing it. My husband, in high school, he played football, and one of his football coaches would always say, how, how did it go doing it your way? <laughs> something like that. Colton always would say this to me. He'd tell me about this. But like, like the coach would say something along the lines of like, how was doing it your way? Nope, didn't work for you? Okay, you do it my way. <laughs> And I sometimes think like, what if we could just be a really good football player and listen to the coach? The coach is telling us, hey, you want to win? You want to have joy? You want to have peace? You want to be able to influence the world around you? You want to have power and privileges and have knowledge and truth? Okay, here's what you're going to do. It's all in the scriptures. It's all in the word of God. It's, look at my life. You're going to see. You're going to do it my way. And the more that we're willing to do it his way, we win. And we don't want to be like the kids on Colton's football team where they wouldn't do it his way. How was doing it your way? It didn't work, right? Now, good, do it my way. Why not just submit? Submit our will and do it his way. That's my two cents. Thanks for being here, you guys. I will see you next week. <laughs> Talk to you later.